Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Greetings, Minivan Mafia! Lauren and I are longtime friends from Chicagoland that love getting together to chat about life, kids, family, and beer. Each week, we'll feature a brewery and sample at least two of their beers. We'll also discuss a variety of topics ranging from parenting, pop culture, travel, marriage, and just about anything else that comes to mind. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hi. Hey, Lauren, uh, we have been bad girls, you guys. We have not been staying on any sort of actual schedule <laughs> that makes sense to anyone. And there's no. the only explanation mm-hmm. is chaos, which is our normal explanation for being delayed, right? <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's more so at the thing is chaos. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That. It's just, it's, it's, you know, holiday <laughs> chaos. Right. Exactly. So, but we are back, and we're going to drink some beer and talk about a brewery. So, where we? What are we doing? Let's do the usual. So, we are going to talk about Cigar City, which is a brewery in Tampa, Florida. And the first beer that we're going to drink is Highlight, which is an IPA that I have had several times before. And I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you a little story about. The first time I drank it. Ooh, all right. So I was down in Disney World with my family many years ago at this point. And I, of course, was open-minded about beer and wanted to try new beers that I couldn't get up in good old Illinois. All right. And so the plan was to try this beer from Cigar City. And it's called Hialei. And if you have never heard of it, Hialei is spelled J-A-I-A-L-A-I. And I went up to the bar and I said to the bartender, I would like to drink a JLA, a JLA. <laughs> and he goes, Hi, And I go, yes, that's what I said. And he goes, that's how you say it. And I go, thank you. I will not make that mistake ever again. <laughs> oh, and that's fantastic. I haven't. <laughs> A JLA. JLA. I can understand that though, if you're JLA. looking at it. Starts with a J. <clears throat> um yeah. It's My bad. Hi Hi Which Hi-a-lie. uh yeah, it's not an original name by Cigar City. Hi is a sport. So Yes. I actually also knew that and it was after learning the pronunciation at some <laughs> point. Um have you ever seen that television show Archer? It's like a cartoon. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, Brandon there is an episode. Show. I think it's in the first season. It might be second season. I didn't right. watch for very long. We only watched the first couple seasons of it, gotcha. um, where there is an interaction between characters playing Highlight. Oh, and okay. uh, Archer, the main character of the show, has a fascination mm-hmm. with like ping pong paddles and things <laughs> like that. Okay. And this came in sort of in that vein, sort Which of. Which makes sense. Um, it's like a handball, essentially. So, yeah. But yeah. with the, like, curved basket stick thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's how I know what that <laughs> is. Kind of like lacrosse, <laughs> actually, but different version. 
in terms of the stick. Yeah. So. Yes. I think that's a really good description. And if you guys want to go look up exactly what it is, I mean, I don't know, Lauren, are you going to tell us more about no, this? No, I'm sport? not really going to no. tell you this more. Nope. That's, <laughs> that's it. fine. Highlight. Yeah, just yeah. look it up. <laughs> <laughs> look it up. Google it. It's popular in Spain and Cuba and some other Latin American countries, and which makes sense that this is in Tampa and they're trying to kind of, you know, have the feel of, of some of the, um, different things from the area and the cultures and whatnot right. so hi alive well hi, i'm gonna drink our high lie so yeah let's try it solid ipa um yeah mm. it's really good it's um, really good i actually you guys. haven't had cigar city in quite a while me so. either yeah i know i remember when Benny's uh kind of brought in cigar city I was initially really excited and kind of started looking for a little bit more of their stuff and probably bought some Hialeah at probably. that time. Yeah. But I probably haven't had it since then. And I haven't yeah. had it in Florida for a variety of reasons, oh, but mostly yeah. because I haven't really been down there in a while, but also because I'd had it before. Right. It wasn't I, new as to I you, said, so, try yeah. new things. Yes. When I'm in a yeah. different place and wouldn't necessarily order it. Um, unless it was one of few options at that yeah. place. So a few years ago, I want to say like maybe four or five years ago, um, it was actually rated as by this like market research company as the number one selling craft beer in a six pack of cans. It's oh. a lot of craft beer packs. So this was as increased distribution was rated um the top selling six pack of craft beer cans in the u.s wow um, yeah so it was actually in 2018 the third fastest growing like beer um nationwide behind elijah space dust and blue moon so oh wow yeah, they expanded That's pretty a, big quite a around list. then um right yeah uh, and they they sell in 40 different states and more more than 40 states and more than 12 different countries now too so their distribution has grown exponentially um yeah. so they're definitely so i can understand why they would be one of the fastest growing at that time because they were really picking up speed but all right a little bit about uh cigar city as we drink our high lie uh so tampa florida um mm -hmm. it was founded in 2007 as a brand um but the space was developed in 2008 and they actually brewed their first batch of beer um which is maduro brown ale in 2009 huh. so um, the owner or the founder, I should say, not the current owner, but the founder started at one of the largest microbreweries in Florida, Dunedin Brewing, um, in hmm. sales and then decided he wanted to open his own brewery. Um, and he was looking for a head brewer. So Wayne Wambles actually was the other head brewer back then. Um, and he started out with a background in cooking, actually, um, but loved the scientific kind of gourmet, act, you know, um, part of brewing. And he told a story at one point that it was all thanks to a hurricane why he decided to start brewing beer. So there was a hurricane <laughs> down in the Florida. He was actually from Alabama. Um, so anyways, down in that area. And he was stuck inside with friends for three days 
and they just drank beer and played cards and realized, oh, beer's really good. I should I should try oh, some of this. Oh man, that um, sounds so great. I don't so want to have a hurricane, he, but I wouldn't mind being. He picked it up, and uh, you know, he started brewing in like the '90s, I think, at various different places, and wound up at Cigar City um, as their first head brewer when they opened. So awesome. Um, they started with Maduro Brown, uh, which we're gonna drink later, and then they introduced new beers. Highly was one of the first next beers um, that they introduced. They've won numerous gold, silver, bronze medals at Great American Beer Fest. Madura actually won a gold medal in 2018 at Great American Beer oh, Fest. Oh, wow. So That's much more recent solid, than I... Yeah. So, solid beer. Um, started as just a two-man operation. Uh, they've grown to over 60 full-time employees, like I said, distributing to over 40 different states, 12 different international markets, Sweden, Finland, Norway, variety of others. Um, they actually were the first to open a craft brewery in a North American airport in Tampa in 2013 with Whoa. an actual bottle, like an actual brewing in the airport at their facility. Oh. So they were the first to actually not just serve it, but brew on site. I was going to say, because I'm pretty yeah. sure that Goose Island has been in O'Hare for They've a little while. They've had it, but they don't brew anything there. Sure. So they were the first actual to brew on site at a North American airport. In That's pretty sweet. So pretty what cool. A cool thing. Right? I thought it was cool. Um, 2012, uh, they kind of started a spinoff of Cigar City Cider and Mead. Um, so, you know, a little different. They're their own company, though. At the location in um at the cigar city brewing they actually have a full restaurant merch different things you know it's a it's a full service place you can go and um get a variety of of beers and food and other things and beers to go and all kinds of stuff there so um cigar city so i don't know if everybody knows this but essentially tampa became known as cigar city back in the 18, late 1800s so there's a cuban trader which um the name ibor city which is another town close to there okay. came and brought uh cigar factories to tampa um so and actually in 1896 supposedly ibor's second in command started florida's first brewery which was ibor city brewing so they brought oh. cigars and beer to the tampa area but tampa became known as cigar city back in like the late 1800s so that's nice. why cigar city brewing um, i but- kind of assumed that it had to do with some sort of tampa nickname <laughs> yes tampa's i did not know that though. known as cigar city and maduro actually the next one we're going to drink is refers to maduro wrapped cigars so they're a dark brown um maduro means like mature or ripe um and that's you know gives reference to to that history as well that's really interesting also i lie actually means merry festival so holiday-ish but oh that's pretty there we go we're staying with our theme (laughs) christmas chaos curious it's a merry festival so um yeah so pretty cool initial history uh in 2016 they were actually scar city brewing was sold to oscar blues which we've featured Mm. before Uh um oscar blues later 
became a collective multi-brewery craft beer can Arky, which is made up of Oscar Blues, Cigar City, and three other breweries, one in, I think, Colorado, Utah, and somewhere else. Okay. Um, so that was a five-brewery kind of collective that they shared distribution and things like that to try and get all of their beers into a larger market. Um, but last year, which I didn't know this, Canarchy was actually bought by Monster Energy Drinks. Whoa. So Did I know that? Oscar Blues, Cigar City, they're all owned by Monster now. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. Crazy, I right? I mean, maybe. Bought I don't know. 330 million cash. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if anybody just... was unsure if energy drinks were still popular, <laughs> well. they clearly are. Um, but I think it was in, <laughs> they had, they had, they were in talks for a while with Constellation and other kind okay. of beer related, alcohol related, um, you know, businesses, but. And they wanted to get into either the seltzer or beer market. And I don't, you know, this wound up being an opportunity. That's... And uh, yeah, 2022, they bought Canarchy and they agreed to keep on the people that were running those companies, though. So they didn't take over and then put people from Monster in. They okay. essentially just bought it as a business and let them maintain, um, you know, kind of their operations as they were going. So. But yeah, I had no idea that Monster owned uh, breweries at this point. <laughs> That's crazy. And you know, yeah. my only interaction with Monster Energy is a quote from my brother's friend who is a cardiologist. <laughs> and he was asked at one point, how many Monster Energies can I safely drink? And his friend <laughs> answered by saying, zero is the mm. safe amount. <laughs> That's fair. None. Um, don't drink I, any. <laughs> I definitely drink. I don't know about Monster, but I de- sometimes Monster, sometimes Rockstar. I am totally guilty of drinking energy drinks. So yeah, but I mean, such is life. <laughs> I think we all have, you know, they're my afternoon caffeine. Little hits, we do the, yeah, like we do the the, the low calorie one, zero sugar, but it's still got a crap load of caffeine. So, but you know what? It gets me through the day, and at this point, I just need something to get me through well and it's not like you're drinking five or things. six of them a day dude. no it's no like, i drink know. one if if that so i right. feel like i'm okay so I think you're gonna be all right you yeah, know yeah i think i'll be okay so anyway so a little bit about cigar city that i didn't know all about so yeah and yeah. this is a really solid good ipa and it's consistent it tastes the same as the last time uh that i had mm-hmm. it and i'm sure which is that... always good exactly the next time that i have it it will taste the same as well so consistency is, is great they have a handful for always um, okay. you know, beers you can always get be more than that, and then they do have some some rotating, but you can pretty much always get high life. So they do have a uh Imperial Stout that they release once a year, uh called I can't pronounce it. Huna oh. Huna, Huna The yeah. fish, Huna right? Poo? It's like a fish, right? Or something like that is what it's, that's actually named after. It's like some monster. It's uh yeah, there's this whole like mythology behind it and so i think it's the second saturday a saturday in march is a festival hunapu's day um and they release the imperial stout it's about an 11 percent abv um it's mayan mythology actually the, okay 
The monster was tricked and killed by the Dark Lords of the Underworld. Uh, and he, he morphed into a cocoa tree upon his death. Um, and then... <laughs> this doesn't even make any sense. The cocoa <laughs> tree eventually impregnated a maiden who birthed twins. And the twins avenged the father's death and became the moon and the sun. So, you know, if you're wow. into Mayan mythology... Apparently, I mean, how can you not be up for that right? story? Go, go that look that up, and pretty you're awesome. in Tampa in March. Uh, go try and find you some Hunapu's Imperial Stout. So I've that definitely really never good. had that. I'm guessing it's difficult to find. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's my understanding. I have heard of it, and I think it's sort of like in the same vein. Not, I'm not comparing styles here, but. Yeah. Similar uh, to like the, the, Dark, Lord the Day Dark Lord Day, yeah, that's sort what of I thing we have here. Impression of when I was reading up on it, it definitely yeah. feels like that. It's a festival. It's a beer release. It's that that same smart mystery. So, right. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna continue drinking my high lie. And uh, what else are we talking about today? We Man, a little brief history of Cigar City. Well, let's we're going to talk about trust. I mean, like the crux of the Ooh. issue is we're going to talk about trust. Yeah. And uh, uh and trusting our kids with people. And I'm sure you have a lot more to say about this <laughs> than I do. Uh because you have other variables at play. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And yeah. um you know, I'll I'll kind of get us started here and say that as a child, I didn't trust anybody to be with me. Except for my mother. <laughs> uh, my mom probably would have trusted me with people like my grandmother and possibly our next door neighbor and maybe even my older brother. But I probably would not have allowed her to leave me with any of those people. Uh, and the on the occasions where she did, I was not grateful and could specifically list all of them to you right now. Oh, wow. Because I will never forget. Those are core <laughs> memories for you. Those are core memories, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's a that's a that's another episode worth of things for us to talk about. But um, childhood trauma, uh, not even trauma, just you know, cons- yeah. you know, <laughs> perspective is key. I think in this trauma that word that we're throwing around here, I think that uh, yeah. you know, I perceived it as trauma yeah, but nothing I mean, actually bad happened no, but no you no, were uh certainly not. you were hesitant i do think it's interesting though because my mom and mom were home so much that we were used to having them there yes you know whereas you and i work so our kids often are with other people or we do things like my parents my dad worked a lot but my mom was home most of the time sure. i don't remember I don't remember having a babysitter. Um, I don't remember. I know that, you know, I did, we did stay with our grandparents periodically, um, but not often. And my grandparents, my dad's parents moved to Florida when I was very young. So they weren't even around really. And my mom's mom was in a wheelchair. So we really didn't, we didn't really stay spend we didn't really have babysitters often or my parents would have people to our house and we would go to bed Mm -hmm. but they would play cards when we were home so there wasn't a ton of opportunities other than like a handful 
that we even really, you know, were around babysitters, which is the exact opposite of my children. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. along those lines, let's start going through how we handle this situation. I think from a general perspective, um, it's hard for me to specifically nail down how I've decided who to trust mm-hmm. with my children. Um, I can say generically obviously it's it's people that i feel comfortable with personally mm-hmm. people that i either know have a fair amount of experience around kids mm-hmm. um and that i trust because they've been in my life for an extended period of time so that kind of covers like my mother and my mother-in-law sure. uh, and my Family brother close yeah mm-hmm. um But then, you know, you start to get down into your friends, my friends, like you, for example, um, who I have trusted with my kids to be alone with you. The opportunities don't pop up a lot because a lot of times if I'm going somewhere, I'm hoping you're going to be (laughs) there. Exactly. But on the occasion, Uh, (laughs) yeah. But we've also known each other most of our lives. So, right. So you do fall into that someone (laughs) I've known for a long time. Um, I think the real question comes down to kind of some of the, the extraneous people, you know, you start talking about babysitters, for example. And for me, our primary babysitter has been this girl that my husband met at work and Mm -hmm. she offered at some point was like, Oh, she was a college student who Mm -hmm. also worked part-time at my husband's store and was like, if you ever need a babysitter, I would be happy to do it. And he had worked with her for a while at this point, maybe six or eight months. Mm -hmm. And we basically just invited her over one day when we were home uh, to come and just kind of play with the kids. Mm -hmm. She offered to do that. She lives in the next town over from us. And uh, we just kind of had her come over and introduce herself and hang out with them. Yep. And we didn't leave. We didn't go anywhere. You know, we just kind of spent the, you know, an hour or two or something like that where she was there. Yep. And yeah, we then did something I think similar with our every babysitter we've had. We've had, a, right. we've had numerous babysitters, but yeah. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, and then beyond that, really, it was probably just that we kind of eased into the idea of it, where when she came out that particular time, perhaps we made plans to have a dinner or something in the next few weeks mm-hmm. where we would be gone, but we would be close by. And she was there, you know, for that. And then I think we established with her that she was going to do, I think the plan, the goal was to have her come uh, to be able to pick them up from school one day a week. Oh, okay. Because this is when they were much younger and my kids didn't take the bus until they got older. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she would be at the school in time for dismissal and would, you know, take them home and then would just spend maybe a couple of hours in the middle of the day, basically with them until one of us would get home and relieve her sometimes we would work it out that we would then maybe get dinner the two of us and she would stay longer because she was already there um and that was sort of the like the routine that we got into with her there was a period where i think she was coming even once a week to do that um as time's gone on at this point she's you know graduated from college and has even finished graduate school oh wow uh and is working you know uh 
and therefore her schedule isn't you know what it used to be in terms of like being here for like an after school sure now that she has you know a job (laughs) yeah she's got a grown-up job yeah she's not working part-time at binney's Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) anymore so um now we do still have her babysit but it's not very often and it's almost always like she comes over and we go out to dinner and then maybe we grab a drink or something and we're gone like you know a handful of hours and she'll do bedtime with the kids and things like that but but that was kind of how we established that relationship gotcha yeah I, I I looked through my phone people as like so-and-so babysitter and uh-huh. I have like five babysitters saved in my phone that I don't even remember mm. so like I don't maybe That's they so came funny. once and we never like use them again they're definitely the first few babysitters which I'm actually these um the first few <laughs> babysitters that we used were people that my friends had used as sure so yeah you know it was hey and like one of the first ones was actually my best friends um she had used her as a babysitter but she was my friend's high school boyfriend's sister so she'd known her for like 20 years oh wow okay like so i was like okay if you feel comfortable i feel comfortable like it's people that they knew and then another one was like again a friend who they'd known for a long time but i usually got babysitters through other people who were you know having sitters at first when my oldest was very young my parents were the predominant babysitter and they lived with us for like a year so we didn't look for a babysitter at first because they were quite literally here um so that wasn't you know wasn't an issue because there was somebody in the house um right now that was i think they lived with us around 2016 ish um so definitely a handful of years ago and the the twins were were young they were two so we weren't really doing much that required babysitters at that time um and then when they moved out um we actually wound up finding or asking again for other people who had you know someone in mind and someone that my husband uh one of my husband's fire academy instructors so my husband went to fire academy in 2004 uh-huh. his niece went was going to school for college for special education and oh. since my son obviously has some special needs, we thought it was a great fit. Um, yeah. So same thing, when we've, which we've done with all our sitters. We had them come by, meet the kids, you know, see if we think they'd be a good fit, if they could handle them. There's three of them. Like, you know, yeah. there, there's a lot. There's some other, you know, kind of, you know, challenges with my oldest and whatnot. So that's where really the trust thing comes in is more with him, especially when the twins were too young to really tell us what was going on or communicate things to us. So that was the concern. Really. We truly only trusted people that we had known or someone could vouch for, for a while. I've never used like care.com. I've never used any other service like that. I know a lot of people do, but I've never, I've never done that. Um, I've only truly ever used word of mouth or people that I knew and, you know, that knew them or were comfortable with. Um, so 
I cannot speak to them to that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. service and whatnot. But we definitely were a little bit more hesitant as my son started getting older and bigger and stronger because he started having a lot more behavioral issues. When he was little, not as much. Um, He was sure. pretty quiet, pretty. He couldn't really communicate or talk much, but he was much more manageable. As he's gotten older, he's gotten slightly more difficult to you know, the kid's 5'2 and 155, 160 pounds. Like, he's a big kid. So, yeah, like, sure. you need to understand how to, like, calm him down or handle things. And he's epileptic. So, you know, in case, yeah. we, we are very much more careful about who we trust around our kids at this point. Um, So, we've had the same babysitter since the twins were probably three or four. So, okay. and, you know... They're nine and a half now, so that's you know, pretty good. That's a pretty good streak for for a long time, and is comfortable with them. And at this point, even and we wouldn't have done this when they were younger, but like she'll just take them out to dinner. They'll you know she'll drive them places, she'll pick them sure. up, she'll do things like that. When they were little, we probably wouldn't have trusted anyone except for my parents to drive them places. Um, but at this point, we we do. The other babysitter we have um was actually someone that was a special recreation counselor at my son's summer camp and she okay. is no longer a counselor she has like a big girl job but she still works for the special recreation association in the office she's in her 30s she lives on her own she's an adult she works a normal job sure but sure. so we don't for like the right after school or early morning things but nights or weekends date nights things like that um and she's fantastic and we love her and she very much knows how to handle my oldest so that's really our criteria is can you handle our oldest the twins could practically watch themselves i know we've talked about that before like they literally earlier i was like you're gonna make yourself dinner because we were all going different places today everybody was all over my son still isn't home he's at lacrosse and i was like you need to make yourself dinner bring it with you put pack a lunch like right and he's like all right he's making himself a sandwich and he's doing this and i'm like you can pretty much just handle yourself like they would be fine but my oldest he needs some special attention so that's sure and he cannot communicate to us if something negative happened or that's our biggest thing is like the lack of him being able to tell us when something goes wrong or isn't okay is really the biggest concern and we don't have like a nanny cam or anything like that right i think if we had if our only option was to use someone that we didn't know and nobody we knew knew them we would probably take different precautions um, like if we did just use care.com or something, I don't sure. think I would feel as comfortable as going with somebody that other people knew or somebody has known for a while and are comfortable with. So we're we're definitely, you know, we're at the point where we might need to find another babysitter. My parents are getting older and can't help sure. out as much. My in-laws can't help out as much. My mother-in-law had a stroke last year and, you know, just doesn't have the same abilities that she did before. So, you know, we probably will need another babysitter. I'm just dreading trying to figure out how to do that. And both of our babysitters are adults. Like, they have real jobs Monday through Friday. Like, one of them's a teacher now. Um and so, you know, our options are limited when I'm in, have to go into the office for work and you need to figure out who can help, you know, the kids get on the bus or off the bus or take them places. 
we're going to really have to figure out what avenue is next to find another person. But a lot of ours do wind up coming from backgrounds that have special education or something like that for, for our That's purpose. really great. That's really good. Wow. And yeah. I think you hit on a couple of things that make total sense to me um, that I feel the same way. You know, you have longstanding relationships with people. Mm-hmm. That's a good resource. And I think that, you know, word of mouth, people that have been recommended to you yeah. is another great resource. I know Mike and I went through a period where we really just didn't have anybody other than my mom and my brother. Yeah. And I love my mom and my brother, but my mom lives far away. Mm-hmm. And my brother has a complicated schedule, you know. Yeah, and he his, has when, kids too, and his wife. He is, has yeah. kids too. And up until the last few years, when my niece was really kind of old enough to be managing the brothers, like the littler yeah. ones, um, you know, he had to be home with them. There were no yeah. exceptions. And so until that was the case, those previous years, I could invite or ask my brother to babysit, but it would be like, what is your schedule? Yeah, and then we would just make plans around his because yeah, that was really our only option. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, if there were other occasions where, you know, one or both of us needed to be somewhere, we had to kind of just reach, a, you know, try to reach to different people. I remember having a situation one time where I was kind of like, I need someone to watch the kids for a couple of hours so that I can go do this thing. And like, I had ended up having a friend's mother-in-law who I knew sure, come and stay with the kids for like the only option. Yeah. (laughs) Four hours one day so that I could go do what I I don't recall specifically what thing was. Mm -hmm. And like, it was just such a, you know, it was such a stretch at the time. And we really did go through a period where we basically just never went anywhere or did anything. Yeah. Uh, the two of us, which right. is yet another whole podcast episode about making time to spend, you know, yeah. making the opportunity Agreed. to spend time together. Mm-hmm. It's important. Um, yeah. Yeah. We went through a period super where we couldn't either, you know, especially um, didn't have somebody really to watch my oldest and yeah, it's hard. Sometimes it's sometimes it's hard. So it is and, hard. And yeah. in moments of weakness, you don't want to trust somebody you shouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, it all comes into play, you know, yeah. and it's a very it can be a very stressful, daunting mm-hmm. task to make, yeah. you know, to pare down that list of people that you trust and mm-hmm. that can do what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and I Agreed. definitely sympathize with people that feel like they've taken the load the burden onto themselves you and i have briefly talked about how you you always kind of have one or two friends out there in the universe who are like the ones who have to be home for bedtime for the kids yeah. mm-hmm. or or they can socialize with you but there are very special circumstances where they're still kind of on call or whatever yeah. Yeah. and um and that's just such a it's such a hard position to be in but yeah. i understand how those circumstances happen because it comes down to trust and yeah. it's like you know if you're this parent and you have your child and you're just like well i want to go do this thing but i don't have anyone to leave my child with your options are don't go or bring your kid with you yeah and you can't bring your kid with you everywhere so and you may not, totally, yeah you yeah. you probably can't do that and so it becomes this situation where you're either withdrawing socially 
you know, yeah. from adult opportunities or you're, like I said, you're bringing them with you, which is basically the same thing as withdrawing from the opportunity. Right. Cause you, you know, I mean, depending really... on what it is, <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to, to plan to do that. You know, I mean, I've reached the point where I've gotten a little bit salty about <laughs> times I hang out with my friends and they're like, Oh, I'm going to bring my kid. And I'm just like, great. But then it's not really socializing because your kid's there. Like, I if know. all the kids are there, cool. Well, like, I get it. Yeah, but if when, it's like when you and I are like, let's go to the Christmas brunch and we bring all our kids, yeah, that's, clearly, that's that's a kid a activity. That's right. a let's get but our kids together. When we're like, together. I want to go to this beer release on a Friday afternoon, that's not a kid activity. No, when I'm like, it's Black Friday, Lauren, clear your schedule. Yeah, yeah we're going that's to the lot. Different. That's different. Yeah, that's a me and you thing. I don't <laughs> yeah. want you to bring your kid if you were like i can go but i gotta bring my kid i would be like all right i guess yeah but i really don't want you to can you i don't find want you option? to <laughs> yeah which i probably would I say to it. you like i don't You'd do be like i don't want to do it yeah these are our only options but i get it and it is unfortunate i am in a lot of uh special needs parent groups and that hmm. i find myself very lucky to have a couple of people that I do and can trust with my child because there are a lot of parents in my shoes that don't have anyone that they can leave their mostly nonverbal special needs child with. And so they truly stop having a sense of self because they are only a caregiver and that is literally all that they have. And I feel like we, you, you need something even time even if it's a couple of hours to just be by yourself like yeah i i know i need some alone time and some time with my husband and even some time with my friends to feel like i am a whole person and not just a mom you know i feel like i definitely would feel very differently if i didn't have that opportunity and didn't wasn't able to trust some people to take care of my children when I'm not there um it would definitely have a lot less a lot less opportunities to enjoy myself or even just do things and and kind of recharge if I couldn't if I didn't have you know people that I could trust and that's definitely uh, definitely important I do think that as my twins have gotten older and now they have phones and now they can call me and now they can text me and now they can do all of those things. It is a lot easier. Um, you know, they can be trusted to help with my oldest when they're right. old enough. Honestly, I will just pay them to babysit because they oh, are sure. probably more adept at doing that than almost anybody. Well, um, but they're just too oldest- young now is going to be comfortable with that like it's not just that you'll be like oh well they understand him Mm -hmm. it's that he is going to be like comforted by the fact that he's going to be around somebody he trusts correct and you don't have to worry or doubt that yes and that's huge you know that's what i'm looking forward to at some point (laughs) but at this point at least i feel lucky that we have people that we can trust uh in our lives with our our children which is great something interesting i think uh is that a lot of people a lot of families nowadays i feel like definitely have um some concerns about about trusting and not necessarily with just babysitters but like there is a lot more children nowadays that 
do not sleep over places right than there were when we were kids and i know you weren't a sleepover person but that was you not your parents and <laughs> um, i was like i was the outlier friends yes. like everybody everybody had sleepover did that. when we were kids and like and, yeah. all of my friends had sleepover mm-hmm. parties and stuff like that yeah, everybody but, but i feel like and i understand it that a lot of people nowadays do not trust have that inherent trust in people that they let their kids do that um you yeah. know my children do with people that they've known for a while i'm definitely more comfortable now that again my twins have phones and they could always call me if something happens sure, but of course there yeah. are numerous people that my kids have had sleepovers and their parents are like we we do not allow sleepovers in, the, in our house like it's just a rule they are not allowed to stay anywhere but at home um and i'm just think that's super interesting that it's such a different dynamic and but then i'm like okay well the world we live in now is so different there's so much less trust in the yeah. general generally in people than there were i think when we were younger and i feel like that's you know it's a lot harder to find people and to put trust in people now than i feel like it was when we were right. kids it's just a yes. different dynamic overall i think so um well anyways. and i think i think that what you're talking about it kind of comes into something that i've always believed especially in the recent past which is that the amount of information that we have access to is so vast mm, yeah and so you know, I hear people say things like, oh, well, the world is such a dangerous place. It was always and, dangerous. You just didn't and know I about think, it. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I always am just like, well, I think it's just that we didn't know I really what was happening. You know, my father and I had a conversation one time about, I had watched a documentary with like a serial killer, and I'm not going to get more specific than that. But yeah. I was like, wow, it was such a crazy story. And I was like asking my dad about, well, do you remember this particular time of your life where this person existed and was like had escaped or whatever and sure. mm-hmm. and he was like oh yeah I remember that and I was like that must have been so scary I mean we're so lucky that we don't have anything like that now and he just laughed <laughs> and he was like do you honestly believe that there are not people like that in the world today mm-hmm. and I was like wow that's even scarier um yeah. fair <laughs> and yeah. I was just like yeah you know it's funny that you say that because there's these people that you don't trust these people in the world that aren't trustworthy they've existed in our entire existence and Mm -hmm. um and we just you hear a lot more of these stories about bad things that happen and you know even even from your personal connections i mean i'm more connected to the people i know than i have ever been and and we you know they talk about our generation how we're the lucky generation because we fall between like Gen X and millennials kind of. Yeah, and which yeah. means that we have existed through all of these like steps and in innovation. We yeah, were there before the cell phones and internet yeah. mm-hmm. and we have grown up gaining those things. We got cell phones and we got internet and now we have, we have uh VR and we have uh AI and we're like, we're growing up and growing old getting all of these new things Mm -hmm. and i think that what it's made me realize is that we um understand like that even though these new things exist the world is it's not a more dangerous place it's not different it's 
information things is are, shared much quicker. Yeah, and we just have access. We just yeah, have so have much never, more access. You would have never heard about a murder in, you know, a state in Wyoming or something before. And now you get access to any crime that happens anywhere. And it feels significantly more than it did because you were only you watched your local news that you only saw what was here and well and that's exactly (laughs) i mean you know look at now people have healthy skepticism about what they read online and what they Mm -hmm. see on the news and what their friend tells them about you know you don't take everything as fact anymore you leave allow yourself the opportunity to interpret things which is a good and a bad thing we all go off the deep end once in a while negatives yeah it's balance but i think that yeah I think that to kind of bring this all back, I think that while trust is a very complicated subject, I think that we realize that you figure out the way that you're going to start to trust somebody and you just have to be prepared, you know, to to take some risk to make yourself the whole person. Like you were saying, I mean, if you're going to be a whole person, you got to be, you know. There's got to be moments where you're not in total control of everything that's happening to your kids. I mean, you send them to school. True. Kids yeah. go to camp. I mean, we yeah. didn't even talk about things like that. Teachers mm-hmm. and yeah. camp counselors and the person working the crosswalk that helps your kid cross the street. Like these people are all trusted. And a lot of those people you did not select to be a part of your kid's yeah, life. You don't even not know directly. much about some of them. Like, I don't know, you know. I don't even think I've ever spoken to my daughter's bus driver. Right. I don't even know what his name is. So, yeah, it is interesting that there's some people inherently. But then part of lives with no decision making on your part. (laughs) Um, But you hope that someone made an evaluation of, you know, whether they would be a good person to be around children or not, but you do take a leap of faith in a lot of those things that yeah. it is someone you can trust. Um, yeah. You know, well, we and could, I have no other conversation about I teachers know. and backgrounds and things like that, that, you know, people make judgment calls sometimes. Well, and we've had that conversation before. I'm not sure if it's been on the podcast or not, but we, there have been times where teachers and counselors and people in those positions people that are responsible for children mm-hmm. are called into question because they have a social media presence yeah. that doesn't line up Their for whatever reason mm-hmm. with maybe the group of individuals they're uh you yeah. know they're educating or their parents or whatever the case may be yeah, exactly. and and it, there are times where you're like man this person is a bad person and then there are other times where you're like man we we crucified this guy mm-hmm. because he said something 15 years ago when he was a college student, like, yep. and then you exactly. kind of, you get yeah. all over the place with, you know, well, well, do you really stop trusting someone who said something dumb when they were 20 years old? Or sure I said a lot of dumb things when I was 20 years old. Yeah, I, I 100% did. I, you could, yeah. I'm sure there's one or two that they float back into your brain once yep. in a while. And, and you're, you're like, just Ooh. like, I can't believe I said that. Yeah. And everybody. <laughs> so where do you 
draw the line on how you judge people and that's a whole different conversation but yeah i agree there's there's a lot a lot that goes into this i'm gonna open this maduro here let's open the maduro i completely blanked on us having a second beer to drink here and we just kept going let's drink this brown ale this honors Uh, the uh cigar city kind of idea with the the maduro i uh almost made a huge mess opening this can oh no Yes. Uh, what is it with these breweries, man? Filling these cans. Filling the cans all the way to the brim. I don't know. The last few that we've opened have been like exploding on me as soon as I, I mean, pop come that up. You know, hey know. guys, thanks. I love getting my money's worth, but I don't really want to have to change my shirt every time I open a beer because I just spilled half of it on it. Agreed. Agreed. This like, is a very flavorful brown ale. Yeah, I haven't even had it. No, it's all over yet you. Because I just like it's on my, it's all over me. Yeah, just like my hand is sticky <laughs> now. Smell like brown ale. Now. We drank this one second because I can wash this sticky That's hand good. soon. Yeah. Let's let me give this a go. Give it a shot. It's got a good mm. flavor to it. I mm. think the very smells flavorful. good. Right? It smelled really good. I got a whiff of it right as I went to take mm. a drink. I love that there's such different varieties. Just as a general statement, like you drink an IPA and you like the certain things from the IPA, but then you can go to this and it's so different than an IPA. The flavor, I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, but it still has, it's such, it's got a great flavor just in its own way. It's, it's just amazing how many different beers and tastes they can get from such similar ingredients yeah, from the base. such a miracle. You know? <laughs> I, I, I just really, really is. enjoy seeing the fruits of that labor. That's all. See, you guys can tell that we've really missed making <laughs> beer together, haven't can't I you? Know. Like we just like yeah. Christmas chaos has harmed us all. It has, it has. <laughs> because it's I could, up. Yeah, sit oh, with you and drink gosh, four more beers and I know. be very happy right now. Um Same. this is this is good. I'm enjoying this. This is a good this is a good time for our merry festival. That's actually the highlight, but I feel like it all wraps together. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We hopefully didn't bring you down too much with our whole trust talk. Hopefully you have people out there that you can trust to spend time with your kids and, and my, you know, universe and you mentioned it, we're reaching the point where we're going to start trusting our children. But those are the people that we trust. Yeah. And that is, of course, a yet another podcast yep. episode we can venture into someday when they're going out and driving cars oh, and man. leaving for weekends and doing all that <sighs> crazy stuff. Those days will come. It, they will. They will. And I will. And, yes. Both and we'll address and those. fear issues. them at that time. So, but until then. 100%. <laughs> Enjoy your beers, everyone. And until yeah. next time. Yep. See ya. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the latest musings from Parenting by the Pint. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great week, and cheers to you all. 